We see brands and companies investing in trying to build identity graphs to collate this data that they have on their customers and try to use it in a successful way. The challenge is that that takes a lot of time. Again, it takes infrastructure and resourcing and a lot of money to be able to execute well. So how do you do that quickly enough? Because the customer is expecting it to be true today. And there's not really a lot of wiggle room because customers have so many options out there that you can't not get it right. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. As you likely know by now, the advertising landscape is evolving rapidly. We are seeing new media networks emerge. We are seeing brands start their own ad platforms and content platforms. And we're seeing partnerships and brand cross-pollinations becoming a reality. The underlying trend to all of this is that cookies, of course, are going away. Everybody's been talking about it. I don't know if you've heard. And there is greater urgency on behalf of brand and retail teams to better understand their customers, create more frictionless experiences, and, of course, maximize revenue results. Rocked is a company that is really, I think personally, doing some really innovative things around the customer experience online and, of course, what that checkout experience in particular does to not just maximize that conversion opportunity, but also drive cross-sells, upsells, create bigger basket sizes, create new revenue opportunities across these media networks and advertising offerings. So it's a very big space, a lot of new and exciting things happening. So I was glad to sit down with Ashley Firmstone, SVP of Customer Success at Rocked, because she not just is immersed in retail, but goes across different categories like travel, media, financial services, so many others. So she kind of has a a very good, broad view of the trends, the challenges, and of course, the opportunities. So if you want to dig into the data-driven opportunities there and how you can capitalize on them, listen in. This one's for you. Ashley, thanks so much for being on the show. It's great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and we have a lot to get into, all things e-commerce and e-commerce customer experience. So let's start with the big issues, the big trends. We've seen the e-commerce landscape really grow and evolve, I think, really significantly over the past year, let alone two years, right? Like from the start of the pandemic. I want to get into the work that you do and of course what Rocked does. Like what unique space are you guys playing in or carving out in the e-commerce and retail industry? Yes, definitely. Well, I'll start with, I started with a company around seven years ago and we're about 10 years old. And where we decided to focus is this white space in e-commerce and this problem that we saw early on around maximizing profit while balancing conflicting priorities and keeping the customer top of mind through that. And it's a tough problem to solve because there's a lot of content that is fixed through the transaction flow. There's expanding ranges of opportunities through that. And then some components are just not naturally native to e-commerce. And as you hit on, 
in the last couple of years, there's a couple elements that are evolving in the landscape that have really helped to magnify that issue. So one of those is more and more people are online. The pandemic forced people to have to buy online and it forced retailers that were previously focused on brick and mortar to have some kind of e-commerce presence. Now, with that, that creates this myriad of options for consumers where there's always another brand that's selling a similar or the same product for cheaper. The last one I would say is around customer expectations, and those have drastically increased and continue to do so over the coming years on what customers are expecting from their brands. The positive there is that those challenges lean into our strengths as a business because what we're aimed at doing is trying to provide this human response in technology. We're looking at these as people and not just data points. So using ML and machine learning have helped retailers solve for this trend. But if you're not doing that with a human element, it's likely not going to be successful. What we are doing that's different is we take machine learning and in real time are looking at not only what's going to drive revenue for a business, but how likely is that specific individual going to engage with an offer at that point in time? And us sitting across billions of transactions annually, we really understand this moment and how to maximize it by unlocking this human experience with tech. If you can do that really well, you can actually double the profitability of a business and that's super impactful. Yeah, it's amazing. I think that human element is so crucial because I feel like in a lot of conversations around digital and e-commerce, it's a lot about scale and maximizing reach and, you know, personalization comes up. But I feel like for a very specific niche or category or segment within retail, and I'm glad you kind of brought up the business impact or revenue impact of that more human experience. Because as I was, you know, putting my questions together for this conversation, I kind of paused at the homepage of your site because there's kind of a call to arms, I guess you could say, that is seize the transaction moment. So I just want to pick your brain a bit about, you know, what that means to you. And of course, in in context of basically what you just share, like the role that Rocks is, is kind of playing in that moment, so to speak. Yes. The transaction moment is essentially the underpinning element of what we're doing. And it's also what differentiates us in the industry. So it's really critical and core to what our product does. We're staying laser focused on this moment that we've coined the transaction moment. And we've coined it that because it encompasses two things. It looks at the customer experience in that moment. They've added something to the cart and they're highly engaged as they move through that checkout flow. They're actually seven times more likely to pick something else up or engage with another offer during that flow. And then also it looks at how critical that moment is to e-commerce businesses. You spend so much money on acquiring customers, getting them onto the site, and then through that journey to complete the purchase, that it's really everything to these businesses. So the moment itself consists of once you've selected a product and added it to the cart and then the cart and the confirmation page. And what Rocked is doing during this flow is helping to unlock your data and optimize any message that could be improved or made more relevant through that flow. Things like upsells, cross-sells, the payment options that you're serving, or even third-party messaging. These are all really tough trade-offs and they need to be, these decisions need to be made in milliseconds essentially as that customer is coming through that flow. 
So balancing relevancy, experience, and revenue is really key. I think the other thing within this moment is not just selecting what you're going to show. It's looking at, does Alicia prefer rational language or emotional language? Do we want to show you an image or do we want the proposition to be really value-based? Where on the page is it shown and in like on what page is it shown? right? It's the how as much as the what that powers this moment. Oh, I love that. And I guess to an extent, like the why, if that makes sense. So I'm a little bit emotional, but I'm also a little (laughs) bit rational. I am a Virgo. That's just how I roll. So like there's like a deeper context into like what resonates with me and why. And I guess some of it could just be situational too. Like I may typically like X, but today I'm feeling a little bit why? So I'm sure that's really fascinating for you as SVP of customer success, because you don't just look at retail, but you look at travel, financial services, media, other categories, like a broader scope. So I'm curious, like, I'm sure you get so much data, you have so many insights from working with companies. Are there any interesting overlaps or similarities between like, these different companies and the challenges that they're facing with this experience? Definitely. There's a lot of similar similar challenges between all of our clients. I think they're all trying to work out how to connect with their customers. So they're using Rock to unleash that capability on a one-to-one level. And even though these are different customer journeys, like purchasing a ticket for an event is very different than ordering food, than buying a dress for a wedding, which I've done a lot of lately. You need to deeply understand the customer in these moments. And every single company has competing priorities that they're trying to do with that customer. We all want to drive loyalty. We want to drive retention. We want to be able to support partnerships. But you have to deliver that in a way that still feels natural, relative, and additive to the customer. Typically, what I'm seeing in the market is when we approach e-commerce companies, they're doing it in one of three ways or attempting to do it. They're either really showing nothing and like not trying to touch that page because they don't want to hinder that experience, but that's leaving a lot of missed opportunity on the table. The second option is they're completely showing everything and throwing everything at the customer, which ends up actually overwhelming them, causing this paradox of choice. And they're really less likely to act in that moment against anything that you're showing them. And then the third is businesses are selecting, maybe it's the three static options that are most profitable, like a co-branded card or something. Really the best way to unlock that hidden value is to show around three or so offers that are personalized and one-to-one. So even though you're feeling something on a certain day, we're looking at, you know, the behavior of you over time and seeing, you know, what is most likely to be engaging for you? How have you interacted in the past? An example of this, speaking again to the co-brand card, If I've come through and I've purchased every time with my American Express and you're showing me a co-branded Visa card and I haven't opted into that for the last three purchases, maybe it's better to show something else for a while and focus on promoting something like a buy now, pay later or insurance that's actually going to drive a revenue lift versus missing out on that opportunity. So Rockta is like convinced that solving this problem of paradox of choice It can really create a step change in the economics of the transaction. And that's really true for any business, not just retail. Got it. So what specifically are retailers struggling with now? Because I definitely 
felt like there were a few points in your last response. I'm like, oh, like, you know, I'm seeing that a lot among the retailers I shop with, especially like the, they're not really doing anything (laughs) point, but are you seeing anything in particular stand out? Yes, that's a good one. The fact that they're not doing anything, I would say that's typically what I see with retailers is they're very nervous to touch that flow which is understandable, right? The core purchase is everything. And I think we know that. That's right for certain customers. And at Rocked, even sometimes when I'm working with clients, like I suggest that that's the way to go if that's what the data is telling us. But if we do that every time, you're missing a lot of opportunities. And there's a huge amount of revenue that comes from what retailers are able to upsell and cross-sell in that moment. And those things actually then add stickiness and retention to your customers. But it has to be done in, like I said, an effective and relevant way. And it's really important to get that moment right. The other thing is that brand loyalty is critical. So getting it right is really important within retail because brand is everything for the consumer, right? They are looking for brands that can remember who they are, serve them a relevant experience. And if I've actively said no to something a couple of times and you're still showing that to me, that creates friction. And I'm likely to then switch or go somewhere else. So I would say brand and not being afraid to lead in is where I see retailers struggle and they're not really sure how to solve that problem. Very interesting. And I think what makes this conversation even more interesting is that we're seeing the lines between like branded experience and I guess you could say paid experience kind of come together like... We are seeing retail media networks come to the forefront and we're seeing just like brands and retailers explore like what do ads look like for our businesses? Like what are the opportunities there? Can we create a similar experience? So I'll ask you about the value and impact first and then we can kind of get into, I guess, some of the complexities or or challenges there. Yeah. Retailers selling real estate is nothing new. So it's not a surprise that we're seeing this trend. Retail media networks are really opening up what used to be in-store advertising or shelf space for brands. And now we're just able to apply first-party data and do it digitally. So retailers know that data is this key differentiator. And they've always known that customers are like an audience group that they can monetize. So tapping into this as a strategy is really smart. It creates a new revenue stream for the business. And right now with margins being squeezed and rising costs, this can help combat that. Also, sometimes selling ads can be even more lucrative than selling the goods themselves. So I think that's one point. And additional value, I think, is also created for the consumer because this trend can also help them not need to increase costs of the actual product. So it's helping maintain those cost floors for businesses. You mentioned um, brands handling it in different ways too. So I'll touch on that. Some of the biggest players you see them building versus buying. So Amazon, Walmart, CVS, but it's not always going well. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. And then you see some that are leveraging their own placements through ad network software, and then others are leaning into fully programmatic systems. There are a couple of challenges within that. I think retail media networks as a strategy can be great for profitability, but only if it's done right. And it requires, if you're going to build it yourself, it requires a lot of infrastructure, years of data, and knowledge of how to parse through that data to understand which points are going to be impactful to customer engagement. 
So some are getting away with this by using contextual relevance and like I purchase shoes, so I might need socks, but others are not, not doing so well and, and still serving really irrelevant ads that are driving super low EC, ECBMs and poor outcomes for brands. Got it. I want to dig into your point around contextual opportunity because, you know, I do think like in an ideal world, like the ads ultimately become an engagement opportunity or that real estate can be used to better the customer experience or I guess most importantly, create value. Because like if you do it right, there's an opportunity to drive up sales, which I think is, is the association with the socks to shoes <laughs> um, metaphor, but but also just drive overall basket size, right? So like, how do you kind of create that ultimate personalized experience through those recommendations through the ads? Like, I feel like it's a very interesting puzzle that I don't know if, if many brands and retailers have quite cracked that code yet. Yeah, exactly. And that's why you need to be able to kind of tie these different interactions and data clusters that you have on customers to be able to to do it right and unlock it. Because there's contextual targeting, but there's also one-to-one. And this kind of speaks to, you know, there is a lot of value to be had, but you need to do it with a me-centric mindset. And I think you've had a lot of people on here, Alicia, that have spoken to this recently. The power is with the consumer these days. So I think we need to stop trying to make assumptions about what we should be selling them and listen to what the consumer is telling you. Because even though you think I might want socks for my shoes, maybe that's not what I want. Maybe there's something else that you should be serving me because I didn't purchase those last time. So really looking at the data and remembering what the customer has done previously, what some of their preferences are, what other lookalike audiences have done is critical. And it's surprising how many businesses out there are still annoying customers with that same message. You know, if you've seen the app download and not engaged, I've actively told you, stop showing that to me. And you're kind of wasting space now. It could be better to show nothing at all because you risk frustrating that customer. The difference when you give a relevant experience and something that is more one-to-one and listening to the consumer, it becomes kind of joyful and it feels good as a customer. It feels easy and seamless and like my brand knows who I am. So balancing all of that and letting the customer tell you when the right point to serve these things are is also a critical lever to pull. Generally, I think customers do prefer more like endemic purchases, which means more of those add-ons as they're checking out because they want it to be additive to the experience or the purchase that they're making. But then the confirmation page is often overlooked. So once you've hit that confirmation page, that's actually a pretty untapped opportunity for third party. And research shows that as you hit that moment, you're actually in a really happy mindset because you've just purchased something and you're living in this future state of self for when your product's going to arrive. So you're actually at that point really engaged and open to something else that could be interesting to continue your shopping journey. Got it. So, I mean, a lot of our conversation thus far around what powers this is obviously data, right? You need you need to understand your audience and get that greater context into what is driving action and what resonates with them. I mean, that's how you power those better ad experiences. So what is taking place on the back end as far as like what's preventing brands and retailers from reaching this level of execution? Is it, is it because they don't have the systems in place? They don't have the right partners in place? Because 
I know there have been a lot of discussions now around first-party data, zero-party data, and getting that robust customer picture, so to speak. But what challenges are you seeing there? Yeah. As you mentioned, data is critical. And brands are being forced back into really understanding who customers are on this first-party level now because of things like the death of the cookie. And they know that they need to adjust and they're actively working to do this, I think. We see brands and companies investing in trying to build identity graphs to collate this data that they have on their customers and try to use it in a successful way. The challenge is that that takes a lot of time. Again, it takes infrastructure and resourcing and a lot of money to be able to execute well. So how do you do that quickly enough? Because the customer is expecting it to be true today. And there's not really a lot of wiggle room because customers have so many options out there that you can't not get it right. Like switching is everywhere. Customers are like keenly aware that there's another offer out there for a very similar product and probably cheaper. So I think the good thing is, is that we're seeing tech partners come up to help some of these brands deploy this type of strategy with ease and speed. And if you find one that can really understand your business and align to your priorities, I think that's the holy grail. You know, Rock has a business because we have the ability to unlock this tomorrow. And we deeply understand customers in transaction moments, like across all types of transactions. So that type of understanding coupled with first party data creates this really powerful partnership. That's great. So I, I do want to get into some examples and success stories. I don't want to just be a downer. So, I mean, can you share any examples to illustrate how this better customer understanding powers the customer experience and maximizes retailers' revenue potential, any brands that you can call out, or or I guess even hypothetical examples if you can't exactly share brands? Yeah, I'm not going to call out the actual brand, but I'll give you a good example. And it's relevant because we're heading into sports season. I know because I watched football with my husband all weekend. (laughs) So we have a pretty prominent sports retailer and they've been working with us for a couple years. And we talked about how some retailers, yes, they're afraid to touch the customer flow because they don't want to interfere with it. This brand was the opposite. So they were trying to kind of throw almost everything at the customer on their confirmation page. They had credit card signups, magazine subscription offers, partnership deals, you name it. And it created this static and somewhat disjointed user experience that was really not maximizing the potential of that page. So when Rocked came into the picture, we helped them kind of funnel some of these priorities through our machine learning. And also they tapped into our marketplace of third-party advertisers. So two things happened. We were able to help clean up the page and the real estate to make that experience look much smoother for a customer. And we were able then to drive actually a 420% lift on the incremental revenue. So pretty substantial outcomes that we were able to drive from a simple shift in kind of pulling all of that information together and, and deciding what's going to drive the most, most revenue per transaction. Typically within retail, we're generally going to see around 30 cents per transaction that we can add from that page. And we're constantly getting feedback that the revenue is driving really strong results for the business. We're also helping them measure engagement, average order value, and retention rates to make sure that that maintains and stays even. So with this additional profit to the bottom line, what's really valuable then is being able as a retailer 
to reinvest back into your business. And, and they've done this in various ways. You can use it for how you engage with your customers, how you're acquiring customers. You can use it to offset other costs like due to inflation. You can use it to open a new store. But what this is doing is creating not only just a short-term profit bump to the bottom line, it's creating a significant long-term impact to the business. That's such a good point, Ashley, because I think there are so many conversations happening now around how marketers are feeling more pressure to perform or approve the value of investments, especially if they need to invest in technology of any kind, right? Like they need to have a measurable impact. So being able to show or make the case that investing in this technology, not just improve sales results, but like we were able to use that revenue generated to address some of the other challenges across the business. Like that's, that's alignment right there. Like that, that's to show that marketing isn't just in its own silo or advertising isn't in its own silo. It is driving and and bettering the overall business. So that really resonated with me. Yeah. And that's really part of our vision. I mean, our our CEO, he's the former CEO of Jetstar Airlines. And this was a huge challenge for them as a business. And once they were able to change that, they were able to then open up new locations for flights. So it allowed more access to their product to different customer groups and really created an impact in Asia Pacific. So those types of things are really what we're after to drive for these businesses. That's awesome. I do want to bring up one recent example from a client in, I guess, not quite retail, retail adjacent. So AMC saw a lot of success, incremental revenue across millions of transactions after a recent marketplace launch on its mobile app. And I I wanted to ask you about this because I feel like there has been a really interesting resurgence or reawakening of the mobile app. Like for a long time, people are just like, like if you have like a really good mobile site, like you don't really need a mobile app or like, you know, you can just invest in this other technology and you don't need it. But like there are so many brands now that are really putting more attention and thought into the app experience to make it very distinct and more valuable. So can you expand upon this example and maybe how our listeners can learn from it? It's not surprising, right? Mobile is is a very different experience. And I think it's exciting that brands are now investing into this. And yes, yeah, specifically the theater category has been one that we've seen jump up quite a bit now that they're back, which is exciting. So speaking to the mobile experience, not only do we believe at Rocked that you should be differentiating this, we really work to support it and enhance that for our clients because we know that mobile is different and the customer is in a very different state of mind when they're on mobile. They're on the go, they're multitasking, and they want to do things very quickly. So your messaging should be really different. The offers that you show should be different. And you should be aiming to kind of mirror different UX designs that mimic the customer interactions or habits. So for instance, when you swipe on your phone with your thumb, you need to think about that when you're designing your mobile versus desktop experience. And everything should really come down to really understanding where the customer is at that point. Another big one that we look at with mobile is frequency. So how often are you showing a certain offer to a customer within the app? This is a big point, and we actively suggest to our clients that we use frequency caps. And what this means is, as you purchase a movie ticket, sure, we may show you a third-party ad, 
But we want to make sure that when you're going to check in for the movie and show them your ticket that could be on that same page, you're not disrupted from that moment because that's frustrating to a customer. Same thing on food delivery, right? As you're ordering that food, that's one thing. But then if the food is coming within 30 to 40 minutes, how many times are you going back into that page to see where the driver is at? It's a lot if it's me, because <laughs> I definitely am impatient when it comes to that. So being really cognizant of how the user is feeling in that moment is something that's really important to remember as well. And at Rock, we really want to be a part of further enhancing this to drive revenue growth in a meaningful way. I love that. It'll be really exciting, I think, to see how brands use the data that we've been talking about over the course of this entire conversation to figure out what nuances would set the app experience apart from the e-commerce experience and how can they leverage all of the different messaging capabilities or technical capabilities to make those experiences more relevant and immersive. Like there are already some really cool brands doing some awesome things as far as like making it a destination versus like just this add-on. So definitely an area to watch. But um, to close out our conversation, Ashley, I do want to get into a little bit about the future for Rocked. I mean, obviously you guys are growing, you have great brand partnerships, business partnerships, and success stories. But in light of just the commerce landscape evolving, some are saying it's leveling out after that surge that we saw during the pandemic. The tech landscape is rapidly changing and and in some cases getting a little bit volatile. So would love to gauge, you know, where the company's priorities are now. Like, are you focusing on innovation, customer acquisition, global growth? I mean, what is top of the agenda for you guys now? It is a little crazy out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just look at my LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, I'm going to minimize this for a bit. <laughs> I think one of the things that has separated Rock, though, as a tech business is we've always run the company profitably, which is somewhat unusual in technology. And doing that has allowed us much more flexibility and freedom to be adaptable to changing landscapes and invest a lot back into the tech. So we spend a huge amount on R&D. We'll probably spend around $100 million this year alone just on the product. And this allows us a lot of room to listen to our customers, to improve features, to come up with new deployment options because we're able to adapt and say, you know, adjust to changing regulatory needs with privacy. Our clients like that about us and they stay with us. We've only really had like three companies in nine years that have actually churned. And that says a lot about the effectiveness of the product and the strength of the relationships. It's also free. (laughs) Our tech, when you deploy it, there's no monthly fee. We only share an uplift in profit. And that's how committed we are to making it work. And we'll continue to operate that way because it naturally breeds growth since our values as a business and our profit are aligned with the clients. So we create this relationship of being a trusted intermediary, and that combination has really made us attractive to other businesses as well as it has to investors. Amazing. So are there any particular trends or areas of retail in particular that you guys are focusing on, or even for you, like in your day-to-day, like are there any areas that you find fascinating that you are hoping to dig a little bit further into moving forward? Yeah, there's so much more to do in our space and there's so many more businesses out there that we can help solve this challenge for. So there's a lot just within the core product suite that we're trying to further establish. And we have a long way to go into making our vision into a reality. 
some of the innovation that we have in our product comes from us and looking at the future and trying to stay ahead of privacy trends, looking at mobile app and the design, where that goes in the future. Other developments are occurring because our partners are coming to us, asking us to deliver innovation for them. We have a lot of partners that ask us, you know, can I use your tech on my orders page? And that's reasonable and relevant for us because that space is a first party environment. You know who the customer is. It's kind of part of their journey as they're waiting for their order to arrive. But then again, other brands will ask us to do upper funnel work or be on the homepage. And that's not our expertise nor our focus. So we will continue over the next couple of years to really invest in growth. I'm particularly interested in new industries and new customer journeys. So areas we're looking to really scale into our education or gaming and see how we can work the technology into those flows and that consumer mindset. The other thing is Geo's uh, international expansion is really top of mind for us. So we'll be looking that looking at that over the next couple of years as we head towards what's pending to be an IPO um, in the next one or two years. So that's also really exciting to see us come to that moment after being with the company for so long. And really for me, that point is just a step in the journey. It's not the destination, but it just gives a lot of credibility to what we've done and what we've built here. I love that. And yeah, I'm sure it's an incredible journey after being with a company for so many years and just seeing like the evolution, like seeing how the company has been able to adapt to those industry or just business-wide changes, but really exciting stuff. We'll definitely be on the lookout for everything new to come from Rocked over the next year or so. But we did speak about a lot of things today, Ashley, a lot of great examples and I think insights for our listeners. But do you have any closing thoughts or even recommendations that the folks listening right now may be saying like, oh yeah, like I, I need to take a close look at, at our buying journey and, and we need to do like maybe an audit of like what that experience looks like and where the opportunities are. What would you say to them? Any closing thoughts, recommendations that you want to call out? Of course. I think for the listeners, number one for me is still brand loyalty. And I think the industry forgot how important that was. And we see a big difference in brand, even when we turn on third-party advertising, if there's brand value with that advertiser, it drives a much better performance for them overall. So we know that brand value is still really critical. And everyone's re-remembering that how a customer perceives you and feels about you matters. So yes, going through that journey as a customer, I think is a good point. You would want to put yourself in the shoes of that consumer and understand what kind of adjustments and strategies are you using to make that experience easier for that individual. Secondly, I think we've been promising that the internet's going to deliver this personalized experience for a really long time, but we relied on cookies to do this and we thought that that was the end of it. Now, because those cookies were actually creating what was really an irrelevant experience, it ended up frustrating consumers. So now we have these privacy issues and now you're looking to really tap into first party data, which will allow you to understand your customer for the first time on a one-to-one level and be able to deliver them what they're expecting and what they love. Using AI and machine learning will help you unlock that information and do it at scale. So that's really exciting that we're finally going to be able to deliver on this promise that we've been talking about and now that's finally happening. So 
two things in combination will really be the ingredients to most of the successful companies in the coming years. And that's creating that brand trust and then utilizing true relevancy. Those two things are going to be the cornerstone of successful businesses. And they really always have been, but it used to be more around like the human interaction in store and creating relationships. And now you have to focus on bringing that human touch to digital. Love that. Perfect way to close out our conversation, Ashley. Thank you again so much for taking the time out and for digging into some of the nuances and and how these experiences really work. It's always fascinating for me as someone who covers the space to just really dig deep and understand all of the moving parts and pieces. So thank you again so much for taking the time out. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Alicia. It was great. And to all of you, hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you have any follow-up questions for Ashley after listening to this episode, drop us a line on social media. We're on Twitter at our touchpoints, LinkedIn at retail touchpoints. We'll be sure to tag Ashley and her team as well. So in case you do have questions, you have a direct line of communication there. And of course, any feedback, thoughts, ideas for future episodes or the series as a whole, we would love to hear from you. We are on all podcast players, basically. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else. Again, we are likely there. We would love to hear your thoughts and feedback. And of course, shameless plug here, if you haven't already subscribed to the show, We are having new episodes weekly with incredible experts and thought leaders like Ashley here. And we're also reusing some great content and conversations from our other events and properties. So you will get those new episodes weekly delivered to your preferred device. Again, Ashley, really appreciate the time. And to all of you, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.